0: Jesus being born of Mary in a hidden place, in a lowly place, noticed by only lowly people, needy people, nondescript people. Almost as if the Father planted Jesus like a seed deep in human need. This is the joy and the peace of Christmas. So as we reflect quietly on this seed of the Incarnation planted in my humanity, in your humanity, I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to do within your heart whatever He knows you most need. It was the Holy Spirit Who brought about the incarnation of the Son of God in Mary and it is in the same way the Holy Spirit who will bring about the activity the mercy the healing the truth of the Son of God in you in me everyone on this earth. So I invite you very tenderly to enter into this stable. And picture yourself very small, very young, maybe just peering through the straw. Do look at the child. The son of Mary. And son of God. And notice there what you're feeling. What you're sorrowing. What you're hoping. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said about the child Jesus, when God's son took on flesh, he truly and bodily took on, at a pure grace, our being, our nature, ourselves. This was the eternal counsel of the Triune God. Now we are in him. Where He is, there we are too, in the Incarnation, on the Cross, and in His Resurrection. We belong to Him because we are in Him. And that is why the Scriptures call us the Body of Christ. So there is a certain authority of this poor child. The birth of this child will have consequences that will encompass all the earth. This child will encompass knowingly or unknowingly all human generations until the end of the ages. Jesus has an authority, but it is an authority over the hearts of people. And yet thrones and great kingdoms will also grow strong or fall apart with this power. We, you and I and all Christians are part of this mysterious, invisible authority of the Divine Child that He exercises over human hearts. With His birth, the great kingdom of peace has begun. It is a peace that begins in our hearts. It is a peace that reigns only in the hearts of people who rise above, who allow themselves to be healed from stubbornness, defiance, hate, and avarice. It is a peace that comes to Those who are willing to see their own weakness, their own brokenness, their own vulnerability. You and I are a part of this peace. When we open our hearts to the work of the Holy Spirit, we can see in the actions taken by Herod in the death of the Holy Innocents, when he was trying to kill the Christ child. He was a symbol of the Roman peace And yet his heart was filled with resentment, bitterness, pride, jealousy, fear. The peace of the kingdom of God, the peace of Jesus, comes into hearts that are willing to forgive, to love, to show sympathy, to be compassionate, to bear burdens, to give people another chance. Even if we should be in a place of war or in a situation more close to us that is unpeaceful in some way, if our hearts take part the wonderful peace brought by the Son of God and His birth on this earth, then we can be at peace. It is an inner peace, a peace that's deep within, that's almost hidden like the place where Jesus was born. In the darkness where the animals lived, where no one was around him, that tiny place became the heart of the world and of history. And when we allow Christ to take up his authority in our own hearts, our hearts become the center of history and our hearts take part in the peace and authority of Jesus, of the King of Kings, of the Prince of Peace. When the angels went to the shepherds, they sang, glory to God and peace to men. The Pax Romanum, sought to bring about peace to men, but we know that true peace, personal peace, peace in families, peace in nations, is is possible only when it is connected to the glory of God. Christmas is also a moment of great joy. When we're young, when everything goes our way, that's a cause for great joy. We get things done, our family moves ahead, we have what we need, we're able to have fun, whatever it may be. That's when there's great joy. But Christmas teaches us that joy doesn't always happen in those moments. Yes, when we're children, it's depicted by the uh, um, exaltation of being, untold, unwrap gifts and get the gift that you really, really wanted from Santa. But as adults, we know that Christmas no longer necessarily has that type of joy because we've had to come to grips with the cross. Ronald Rollheiser puts it this way, The fact that God incarnate is with us does not bring us immediate festive joy. Our world, as we also know, remains wounded. Wars, selfishness, and bitterness linger. Our hearts also stay injured. Pain persists. For a Christian, just as for everyone else, There will be incompleteness, illness, death, senseless hurt, broken dreams, cold, hunger, lonely days of bitterness, and a lifetime of inconsummation. The Incarnation does not promise heaven on earth. It promises heaven in heaven on earth. It promises us something else, and that is the good news of Christmas. It promises us God's presence in our lives. And this presence redeems because knowing that God is with us is what ultimately empowers us to give up bitterness, to forgive, and to move beyond cynicism and bitterness. When God is with us, then pain and happiness are not mutually exclusive, and the agonies and riddles of life do not exclude deep meaning and deep joy. God chose to be born in our loneliness, in our struggle, in our pain, to engage our deep inner need for Him, this almost at times desperate need we have for God, a need we so often try to run away from, a need we may not always realize we have, but He chose to be born in the place of need. They needed safety in Bethlehem. They needed shelter. They needed resources. They needed food. They needed light. And they didn't have any of these things. And in a sense, those deep needs often also um, They they kind of mirror human needs, spiritual needs, for resources, for spiritual resources, for finding the resources of our own spirit and heart. Our need to be nourished by the Eucharist and by God's Word. Our need for light in our darkness, for direction, our need to be seen and to have our needs responded to. God alone responded to the needs of Mary and Joseph on that night. And through our welcoming of our own need for healing, truth, and grace, the Incarnation teaches us that God will respond to our needs. And so, I invite you to return to the major, to be very small, like a child, or someone in deep need. And just look around at Mary, what are her needs, and Joseph. As a father, a father needs to provide for his family. He needs to know that he can and is providing for his family. And yet, God didn't give him that joy. Both Mary and Joseph had to risk opening their need to the providence of God. What is your deepest need? Can you talk to Mary or Joseph or Jesus about the deepest need you have in your own heart or in your family? Can you ask them to show you how to open your heart to the Christ child? Put your hand in the hand of that tiny baby who came to earth to try to convince us that our eternal father sees us, cares about us, knows our needs and provides deeply for what we need. That only in the Father's love can we find peace even in situations of sorrow and conflict. And we can find joy even in situations of unhappiness. There is a kind of joy that knows nothing at all of the pain and distress and anxiety of the heart. But this peace and this joy cannot last. It can only numb us for a time. The peace of God, the joy of God, has gone through the poverty of the manger and the distress of the cross. Therefore, it is invincible and irrefutable. Imagine yourself going back into whatever the situation of darkness and need that is in your life, in your heart. Picture yourself bringing Jesus either as a child or an adult, a shepherd, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, whatever you're drawn to, bring Jesus into that situation of darkness. And just pay attention to how you are inspired. How He opens your heart to one small way Surprising way in which you can find a bit more peace, a bit more trust, or a bit more joy.